welcome to the Gold Card Podcast. This is episode nine. Uh, I'm Vince Scalati at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we have John George at the Esports Plug, Chris Chung at Prime Time, and potentially later, we're not sure yet, uh, Calvin T at Ruler Arsama. Welcome to the show, guys. Episode nine. Uh, most of the finals are over. We should have been canceled by now, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, Netflix didn't call us back for a second season. So, <laughs> uh, so this week, we only have uh, a small... We only really have a, three games on the slate for this week. So, well, if you don't count EU Masters, we can, we can maybe mention EU Masters if you guys want to later. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go over some of the finals that happened this past weekend and semifinals in all the, the major regions in particular. Just notes, thoughts, you know, like if you had to write an article summing it up afterwards, like kind of thing, we're just going to discuss those for a little while. Uh, then we're going to maybe briefly discuss the wildcard regions because there were some interesting results. Some not interesting results, but some very interesting results in the wildcard regions. Then we're going to dive into the LPL and LMS finals and maybe one or two other things. So... Do you guys have anything else before we want to kick off, or you want to dive right into it? Let's dive into it, man. I'm ready to go. All right. Usual, the more we get into it, the more we'll talk about it. I agree. So, the LCK finals. We had uh, SK Telecom defeating Griffin 3 nothing, which is a result that I don't think anybody saw coming. I, Absolutely I, not. Yeah, I think everybody... Th- there was... A good amount of people that were on SK Telecom, and you could make it. You could have made an argument for either side in this series. I think mm-hmm. this was Never a, st- a million years saw three. Yeah, this was a statement, right? I, I mean, I, I watched these games. I because I actually rewatched it twice. I watched them live and I rewatched it twice. Once on Sunday after uh, all that stuff was done, and then again yesterday. Man, oh man! Like th- I'll say, this was a closer three zero than it looks like, but SK Telecom just outplayed so many, like, little small things. It was kind of like, like, G2. G2 kind of had, just had Origin. It didn't matter what Origin did. They, they were going to beat them. We're going to talk about that series in a little bit. This was not that way. Like, I don't think Griffin played bad in this series. I don't know if you guys think the same thing. Yeah, I didn't feel that they played bad. I didn't think they, I thought they played maybe with a little bit too much urgency. Yeah. Maybe uh, just go, trying to be a little bit more aggressive than they needed to be. And their drafting, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of. But I didn't think it was any like huge inting mistakes or anything like that. I thought it was... It, w- one of the weird things to me was they were so, so aggressive in the first draft. And then seemed to like reel it back in afterwards. And we've talked about this how many times now, right? How yep, we hate throwing the curveball in game one. You throw the curveball after you win game one. It's so much better when you do it after game one. Yeah, when you do it in game one and it works, you look like a genius, but you're also behind if you lose, and it's a big I, deal. I've always been. I've always said throw the curveball when you lose. Just yeah. come in. Like I think we really might see this at some point. Maybe it's a hot take, but like. <laughs> I think a lot of teams, if you're smart, you have a default composition. Yeah. Like, let's say two tanks, uh, some sort of scaling mid laner, Tristana, and some sort of carry top. Yeah. And you just make that your default, and you just play that in game one and say, you have to be able to beat our standard composition. Yeah. If you can't beat our standard composition, we're just going to play it every game. Yeah. And we're going to play replace Tristana with Jinx if we have to. Yeah. We're going to replace this mid laner with that mid laner. Yeah, you, you play... You can, show us you can beat the normal game we play. 
We're not doing anything else. And then if you win mm-hmm. game one, that's when I play Stone of Taric or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. secrets I have built up. But make them beat your normal composition that doesn't do anything fancy first. Yeah. It's the yeah. same as it's the same as like uh I always say like a tennis player or like holding serve or like whole like winning winning a game on the road in a playoff series in a professional sport, right? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. like just do play play your game because if you if it, it it just seems this way and I know that there have been cases where it like te- like Team Liquid was an exception this week, right? But like I, I don't think anybody would disagree with like Team Liquid probably would have three would that series if they didn't clown around the first game. I don't want to say yeah. clown around. They probably prepped that and it was probably but yeah, still trying to do weird stuff. There's just no need for it. If you, especially if you're the better team, if you're the worst team, I get it. Yeah, you know, try something weird. Then it makes sense. Firing. But if you're the favorite, just come out with a standard composition and say, "Let's see if you can beat us." Yeah, and we, okay. I mean, we saw that with G two too. You got it, Chris. I said you want to chip in. I'm thinking we probably will get to it. So maybe I'll talk about it once we get to the Team Liquid TSM game. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, yeah, but so th- this series to me, we saw we saw. This game one draft was not. I don't think the Pantheon pick is like. It's not as like trolly or cheesy as people think. Like Pantheon's one of those champions. We talked a little bit about this this week. How there's some champions that are just like a stat check. Oh, uh, you guys, Pantheon one trick for a long time. Yeah, and he's a stat. He's a stat check champ. Yep. Like if he's over, if he's overtuned, he's oppressive and it's annoying, right? And he's like a little overtuned right now, and they kind of like the pick against Braum because that's how they picked it both times. So. Uh, th- this series to me was a big statement because I-, I don't. Again, I don't think Griffin played bad. I don't like. I don't dislike these Griffin drafts other than the momentum aspect of of doing exactly. the weird thing in game one. I think these like these comps look weird, but they make sense. It has wave clear. It's ex- th- this especially this game. Like they they clearly wanted. They were all in on early game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and SKT were more or less all in on late game. Right in all three of their games, right? Well, not I wouldn't say all in. SKT had pretty well rounded comps in all three games, right? But SKT, this was a situation where, you, like, you can watch these games, and this this was an extremely high level series. I know it looks like a stomp from SKT, but the, especially the first two games were really, really close. Like on a knife, like I know it's a twenty nine minute victory in game two, right? For SKT, if you watch these games, it was like on a knife's edge. Like Did one you, one little thing could have changed, and this, suddenly this is a Griffin win, right? Did you feel like this was? It felt to me like Griffin came into the series scared. Yeah, to be so yeah. all in on the early game. It <laughs> felt like they were like, "We can't beat these guys in the late game. We're just going to have to try to snowball." And then they played kind of over aggressive with their comp, which they kind of had to play very aggressive. But yeah, felt like they walked right. in scared. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. I don't know, Chris. Do you think they walked in scared, or was this more? I think it's more like a youthful, too impatient type yeah. of deal. Um, noting, yes, they probably felt the momentum, SKT's momentum. Maybe they watched the King Zone game and it really got them. Yeah, they were just like, but, holy uh, shit, look at that team. We have, to, we have to get our shit together. Right? Yeah. After how they ended the season, especially. And, uh, you know, they could blow it off saying, oh, we, we were just trying to experiment with whatnot. But in reality, there might have been some issues which caused them a little nerves. And they're young. Yeah. I think last week we talked about it. I think that's why I picked SKT is because of the experience coming yeah. in. And that showed up in this game. It definitely showed. I, it definitely showed because it, it, t- this series to me, it was, like I said, it was like on a knife's edge for the first two games, even if oh, it did, yeah. the score lines didn't look that way. There were so many fights that easily could have gone in Griffin's favor that were just 
SKT had the better players, or they just made some insane outplay. Like, Mata was out of his mind in this series. Mata was not. I mean, and Faker, Faker was like vintage Faker. We like Faker Faker was the big one for me. Like, make no mistake. Series than any other. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake, right? Faker never left. I know people want to say that he's like, oh, he's fallen off or blah blah blah. It's just because he hasn't had like he hasn't been a human highlight reel every single game, like he was for the first three years of his career, right? He's still been very good. He's been very very good, and I, I'm kind of this was like kind of cathartic, I think, because mm-hmm. he now gets to say like, hey guys, remember me? I'm still the best ever. What's up? Right, and he he played out of his mind this series. He was so good. The Azir game was ridiculous. Both right. I mean, if if Faker is in form, like I don't want to say in form because he never left. This is like a big misconception people have. He's he's still really really good, but SKT played at a ridiculously high level. I think Griffin played at a really really high level too. It's just SKT were better on the day. That's all it was, mm-hmm. and I still think it was like basically a fifty fifty going into it. And you know you picked your side based on who you thought would you know who you thought would win, but in reality this was a fifty fifty game. It could have gone either way. Uh, and SKT with the convincing three zero is pretty. I don't think anybody saw three zero coming, but there's just no chance that we don't see both of these teams at Worlds. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Just no chance. Now, now I don't know. So Kingzone, I think Kingzone is the third best team. I don't know if you guys. I think it would be tough for Damn Wan or Sandbox to pass them. We have yeah. to see some roster moves for any other team to even be in the conversation. Yeah, it's those five teams. You would teams. expect one from KT, though. You expect KT to get somebody. Yeah, they got the money to do it. Uh, here's the thing, right? I, I think Damwon and Sandbox have room to grow. And I actually still think Griffin have room to grow, too. People are going to jump all over Griffin for not for losing back-to-back finals like this, and you know it. Yeah, you know, yeah. everyone's gonna start saying, "Oh man, can they choke? Do they choke in the big game, or is it you know, just no. the youth or whatever?" They're not. They just ran into a buzzsaw here. Like this, did you, if you watch SEA Telecom this game, you literally it was jaw dropping. A lot of the stuff they yeah. were doing, yeah. and and Griffin were right there with them. So I don't think it's a matter of Griffin being bad or choke artist or anything. They just it, they just you. didn't have it this day. Like I think I honestly think both these teams are still equal. I I know I know SKT won. And yeah, SKT, if, if I have to pick a best team in Korea right now, it is SKT. But, like, these teams are basically equal. They're both miles ahead of the rest of the league. Yeah, I think they're both very close and both extremely good. I'm yeah. not worried about Griffin. Yeah, I'm, I'm not at all. So, I, I think, I mean, I didn't look into any kind of futures. We'll do another thing on that. But I, Gr- Griffin, are, they're, they're going to be, they're probably going to, they'll probably get first or second. They're going to get first or second again next split, probably. Yeah, so absolutely. That's what I mean. These teams, these two teams are going to Worlds, and we're going to get a chance to see them on the World stage. Which so. is awesome because i want to see griffin on the world stage because they're they're like not a very korean team at all but they also do all the things that a good korean team does like it like i gotta be careful though they might run into jdg oh my god (laughs) oh my god here we go so uh anything else to add on this one i it was still an extremely entertaining series it was kind of a letdown that it was a 3-0 because you watched the first two games and you were like oh man that could have gone either way Oh, if I Griffin brings this games. back, yeah, I woke up to watch five up. games and was very surprised that I only watched three. Yeah, I did. I did the whole. I did the whole nine yards before dawn. I was making myself <laughs> eggs. Like I was ready to go, right? And so I was a little. I was a little bummed that it was only three games, but like they were still three very good games, very high level games. So, and I, I, I don't think you overreact to Griffin losing this in this fashion. It's no, not at all. You really do need context, and you mentioned it multiple times. It's a, it's a very good game, very good game. I will. 
on top of that, I will tell people if you have free time, watch the full game. Don't watch the highlights. Agreed. Watch the full game. Definitely. Watch all three of games. And you know what? I watched game two like three times. Yeah. Just, yeah. I yeah. Was so, I was so like captivated because it's a great blend of both macro and micro and mechanics. All yeah. of that. And they were both punching back and doing exactly what you're supposed like in that in that game both teams were doing like literally exactly what you're supposed to do in like every situation. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of crazy yeah. seeing like the next levels happening where it was like, okay, I'm supposed to punch back this way, and then here's the counter to the counter, and here's the counter to the counter to the counter. There was like all this next level stuff going on in that game. It was really that was one of my favorite games to watch this year, even though it you know, ended up being sixteen to three. The first like fifteen minutes of that game were nuts. Yeah. Um Okay, so that was the LCK. We had... I didn't put it on here, but we had a couple LPL matches this weekend. Um, uh, unexciting LPL matches this weekend, if I'm honest. Well, well, you know, there was an upset that happened. Uh, there was a certain upset that kind of that kind of dampened our spirits a little bit, uh, for some of us anyway. Uh, did, do we, do we want to go into... Fun plus JDG because it was an entertaining series, man. I got I got crushed on it. I I'm not gonna lie, but it, it was an enter- I don't know if it was necessarily a high level series. I mean, obviously it's playoffs in the LPL. It's gonna be like a some degree of high level. This I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but if this felt to me like JDG kind of dragged Fun Plus down into the muck, which is so weird because Fun Plus usually do that with everyone and win doing it. FPX. This was the worst series I've seen from FPX. I, I, yeah, I, didn't, I, agree. I didn't even. I didn't even necessarily think JDG had that much to do with it. There was a lot of execution plays. Agreed. Where I was like, oh, they're definitely getting a kill here, and they just don't get it. Yeah. Or they're definitely going to win this skirmish, and they just miss some abilities and don't win it. And it just was not the the FPX I'm used to seeing. In in some ways, this was. I mean, you, you could make an argument that in some ways this was the culmination of all of FPX's weaknesses coming to bear in, in one series, right? Yeah. we. I, I just don't think anybody thought it would be JDG. Well, nobody here thought it was going to be JDG to be the ones to expose it, right? Yeah. We thought it was going to be some team that was, like, you know, craftier, like could, you know, give them the run around or something like that. And JDG wasn't. They just, like, outplayed them. So, oh no, you know, I don't even think that. I think I mean, we, we talked about this when the series was happening, John. It was it, – Fun Plus beat themselves, I think, more than JD did in at least three of these games. Absolutely. I think so many times Im should have died. He did. He did die so many times. Well, he did die too. And they wouldn't get anything out of it. Yes. I yeah, just FPX just felt really off kilter this series. This felt like a nerves thing to me. It might have been. They didn't look right. If someone wants to make the argument that JDG is the better team, I'm willing to hear them out. But what I saw in this series was not JDG being the better team. I, I'd agree. It, it was it was definitely more of a of a fun plus loss than a JDG win. Props to JDG for doing it because I think all of us agreed like going into this, even with that, like we, I think all of us were aware of the the deficiencies in fun plus Phoenix's game. Right? They're very linear. Um, yes. They they're always they always go all in. That like their decisiveness is their best strength, but it's also their weakness, the double edged sword, right? And if you can shut Dwayne B out of the games, they have a lot, they have a hard time, right? Yep. That didn't necessarily happen in these games. They just they tried to play all in, and the all ins didn't work this time, right? And, and I, I agree. Like there was something off. They there was a lot of miscues in in this series where like it, it looked like they were setting up a dive, and there was like a miscommunication about how they would do it or not, and. I feel I felt like 
they were, they just it felt like they were just like a step behind. Not because JDG was playing fast, but maybe they like they looked like a team that like woke up late. You know, like I, I know that's like a shitty analogy, but you know what I mean. Like when no, you it's a good way to look. You like wake up late, that. you get to work, you're just like, oh my god, what's going on? I gotta get. It takes you like an hour to get into the the flow of things, right? And that that's kind of what this felt like to me. And it's not to take anything like JDG. I mean, they straight up won the series. They they deserve to win the series. As frustrating as that is for us, but like. It definitely felt more like a fun plus loss than anything else. And then IG, TOP, more or less went how we thought it was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, IG are back, by the way. I, IG just SK Telecom, TOP. Like, they just did the yeah, same thing. It was. Uh, it was, yeah. I didn't I mean, TOP no got a game. I feel like TOP had a chance. Yeah, they, I mean, they got a game. I, I was actually impressed that they got a game. Uh, there really, I guess Korea was really the only final that felt like it was going to be a sweet matchup. No, geez. Like, some of them oh, sweet matchup. Some of them turned out to be kind of good matchups, like the the TSMTL one, but all of them felt like they had very clear cut winners to me, except for Korea. Yeah, like IG feels like they're just going to smash JDG. Yeah. I guess we're talking about that later. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But like, so yeah, it was kind. It's kind of weird. Like to me, this the Fun Plus JDG series felt like Cloud Nine TSM. Yeah, it felt very, a lot like that, similar. right? Where it was. The better team beat themselves in like two of the games, and then the other team also just played up for the day and mm-hmm. managed to get the other three, right? Yeah. So uh, it felt a lot like that to me, where I was just like watching, I was like, not again, not like this, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, a couple of them in a couple weeks there. Yeah, and, and then so, uh, and then IG Top was, was uh, the, we had the third place match this morning, but I, I don't put a lot of credence on third place matches. I, and I know I probably should because they do mean things for circuit points, but I had like, I had just like a f- for fun stuff on Fun Plus this morning. So I was a little happy with that, but like, it's so hard to tell who's going to be motivated, who's going to be like looking forward to next split in these third place matches. In the summer, I think it's different. Because in the summer, you have teams. It's it's so weird because you're playing for circuit points regardless, right? In the spring or the summer, but it feels like there's a lot more urgency in the summer. Usually because the team playing for third place is the team playing. One of the teams that's playing for it is likely going to be one of the teams going to Worlds, which is why it feels that way. I think, but yeah, I I usually avoid third place matches. I don't know if you guys do the same, unless I have like a really good reason to not like to feel strongly about one side. I played top in DFS this morning, and the more that I thought about it, the more I felt like that was a mistake. They were really chalky in DFS, but uh, what I should have thought about was last year's third place match between FPX and IG. FPX, uh, or Doinby, rather, came out and wanted to... (laughs) Not FPX. Doinby, who is FPX now, came out wanting to smash in that third place match and I should have thought that maybe he would bring that into this team here. He is a firecracker. Like he he's a, he is a he really fun personality in the third place match. And I should have thought to myself that maybe they would want to do the same thing, and Top would be a little bit less motivated. He he's a really really passionate individual, and I know that's like really cliche, but like. No, you saw the reaction when he beat Rogue Warriors. He like jumped out of his chair, and yeah, screaming in his teammates' faces and. For beating, like, the worst team in the league just because they were his former team. I do love that he he's, like, he wears everything on his shoulder. And I think that's also, like, he, there, there's very few players. Now, I don't I don't always agree with this, but there's 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 very few players that are, like, passionate. There's, yeah, they're, they're, 
just by the nature of this, you have to have kind of a grinder's mentality about it, and you have to be able to shrug off stuff. But it's so cool to see someone that's like so dialed in and like fiery about it, and it doesn't let it get to them. Oh, it definitely now, gets to fans, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. And like you can see it, like he plays exact, like he plays exactly the way he carries himself, mm-hmm. right? And there, there, that's not always the case, but like I can watch a game and I'd be like, "That's Doinby." Like I just know, like you can just watch it and be like, "Okay, like only he would be that arrogant to do that, right?" Like that's, <laughs> yeah. and it, it like not in a bad way, in like a very good way. So, does he end up being one of the like one of those guys that plays his whole career being really, really good and never really having that much success because his teams just aren't that good. Man, I, I don't I don't know. I don't want to think that. I don't want to live in that like universe, you could put man. Him, you could put him on, like, RNG, and they would just be so good. Like, I like Xiaohu, but, like, yeah. Doinby is so good. You could put him on one of those teams, and he would be a huge upgrade. But I'm not sure he wants to go to one of those teams. No, because he wants to be the leader. They focus around him. Yeah. And I'm not sure those teams want a player like him. He he is. So if I had to pick a person to build a new team around, he's the guy. Oh yeah, I would like what like if if I if I'm bringing in especially if I bring in like four rookies or something, I he's he's the guy. If I had to pick one veteran in really, I think in any region maybe maybe Mata I'd say because Mata's Mata's got that leadership quality cool. to him too. Where, but yeah, he's just a really would be fun too. He's just a really really but. fun. Because there's there's players that you can build around for the strategic aspect, and then there's players that you can build around for like like he's a real leader. We've seen it now. Like it's and he's good to boot. It's 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 both. Um, we're gonna get to the LPL LPL later. So we have uh Europe. Jeez, what a weird weekend, man. <laughs> Europe. Uh, so we had Fnatic and Origin. Origin took it to Fnatic in this series. I, oh I I'm su- I'm surprised Fnatic even got a game. Origin looks so so good in this series. Yeah, and Fnatic looked kind of lost. A lot of people had Fnatic winning the LEC. Like I know we never agreed with that. Uh, uh, I did before the season started. No, I mean like recently. Like I had a lot of people. Um, I posted something on Twitter when G two was playing against Origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, before a lot of people had Origin, and I posted on Twitter like the people who took Origin today in DFS. Why did you do it? Like, as a legitimate question, like, do you think they're better than G2? Do you think they're going to win the LEC? And a bunch of people said to me, I don't think Origin's going to win the LEC. I think they're going to beat G2, and then Fnatic is going to win the LEC. Really? And I was just, like, very surprised what? to hear that, because I was always all in on G2. What are you guys smoking? I'm going to get me some. <laughs> but I, was, I still was surprised to see Fnatic look pretty lost and get beaten up by Origin. I mean... I, I want to say props to the coaching staff for them, but, like, this was, like, not even game... This was, like, less game... It's so weird to me because they... Origin all season long, like, the the, the broadcast and everything, everyone's always said, like, okay, they're, they're the 100 Thieves. Like, they're the well-coached team. They're steady. They're consistent. And that's how they get their wins. In these games, they just outplayed them. Like, they just outplayed Fnatic. Yes, they played very well. Not traditionally the way that they play. Yeah. Like, more mm-hmm. aggressive, more decisively... Yes, and I, I honestly thought I mean until until game three I honestly thought they looked in game one against G two. We'll we'll just do you guys have anything else on this fanatic origin series? Any well, all right. So let me I'll, I'll put I'll paint it this way. Does this affect your outlook for fanatic going forward? Is this kind of like a yellow flag, like Not a cause really, for concern? Because these idiots picked Sonaterik <laughs> in game one, <laughs> the same shit that we keep yep. talking about, dude. 
so esoteric in game one as Reckless and Hillisang, like the, the biggest advantage you have on your team is this <laughs> veteran bot lane that's been playing together forever. You're just going to make them bust so, out champions they probably played 20 times in their whole life. I have I have so many issues <laughs> with this draft. So, all right. So many. Okay. Well, let's, let's digress on this for a little bit, right? <laughs> in League of Legends, you can't have a one damage source team. It doesn't work. There have been a few exceptions where it has worked. It's been the other team severely outplaying it, right? The the one that sticks the out to me meta. is... Yeah, yeah, the funnel. That, and there's another one that sticks out to me, which was, like, playoffs where Bang picked Lucian and Faker was on Lulu and, like, Bang did the impossible and carried, uh, like, a game as a single carry Lucian, which is, like, impossible because Lucian's, like, not even... That was, like, years ago. <laughs> there, there's a few exceptions floating around. Typically, you need two damage sources. Or you need one and then two half sources. And what I mean by that is, like, you need, like, a bruise, or two bruisers and a hard carry, or you need two carries. Mm-hmm. It's just... Y- you don't have enough damage to get through a front line otherwise. Period. So... Fnatic don't commit that mistake here. Kindred, you could count Kindred as an 80 carry. I don't. The reason I say that is a lot of time when you go to Kindred ult, you're kind of not doing what an AD carry does, right? Like, you can dish out a bunch of damage, but if you're not finishing people off, it almost doesn't matter because they're going to be on top of you by that point anyway, right? So you can... But I think professional teams see this, and they're like, okay, this is a two-core composition, right? They have Kindred and Sona are your primary carries. Like, you just look at it on paper, it's like, okay, we have one physical damage dealer, we have one magic damage dealer, they both scale pretty well. Okay, it's not that bad. The problem is Kindred in practice ends up not being like Kindred in theory a lot of the time. And 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 Sona is also even when built full AP, I don't she's not the same as having like even like an Oriana. No, I see I actually Her damage is not on that level. Yeah, I think she's she's surprisingly close. You'd be surprised how much damage Sona does, but uh, for the most part what what we're trying to get at here is so this this comp has the tools that it needs. I don't like Kindred in it. Because, see, like in a comp like this, I would have liked Graves a lot more. And people don't people don't want to hear that because it's like, okay, you can't play double burst, right? Double burst carries is a, is is a risky strategy too. But I would have liked that more because you're not relying like this. This comp relies so much on Kindred ult or just catching someone Jace out or starting fights. Lane. I mean, I'm not a fan of Jace, but you could do Jace I, jungle. Yeah, Jace would Jace would be much better than Kindred. Yeah, and, and again, you run into like the double burst problem, but. I don't know. This, this Kindred as a champion, and this is going to be like a theme that we come back to if Kindred's like in the meta, right? She's very, very powerful, but she's very difficult to use. And in a comp like this, where you're relying so much on the ultimate, I, I don't like it because there's just so many things that can go wrong. And I know Origin threw the Blitzcrank nonsense into this game. Like the Blitzcrank, like Origin played no tanks in this in this game. <laughs> I hated that they were like <laughs> that the announcers and stuff were just like giving this game to the Blitzcrank. They're just like it's just such a brilliant counter pick. No wonder they won. It's like, well, it was good, but like, yeah, it wasn't it was the, reason the reason they won. They won this game. It's but, I like the pick. It's definitely a good yeah, pick against that bot lane. Cool, but they were just saying like that the, the whole reason they won was this sweet Blitzcrank pick. I was like, he played well. But, no, they won uh, because the the way you beat a comp like this, where like they're heavily reliant. This is the way you beat two core like traditionally too is to have more damage than them like because if you have a two core composition that's based on like basically playing offensive line for like a running back right which is what a two core comp does you have tanks to protect your carries in the back right or you have like you know basketball analogy where you have, you're protecting your point guard right 
it's it's kind of like that idea. But what ends up happening is if you just have more damage or you're able to split push, their effectiveness just becomes like they, they don't get to do what they need to do. So or even just drafting hard engage to be yeah. able to kill one carry at the beginning. If you yeah. can kill one carry at the beginning of the fight, they don't have enough damage. Exactly. And they had enough burst on this team to just pick anyone out before Tower Cold mattered. So I the Fnatic comp like looks really cool. You have the Aatrox reanimate, the Scion reanimate, you have the Kindred ult, you have the Tarek ult. Like that's a lot of invulnerability slash extra time. Right? But so does Karthus. And then the mobility that all these other champions have doesn't help that any, right? And then you have Blitzcrank to like, pull someone out before any of that matters. So it's like This is like bad innovation versus what we're gonna see from G two when we go over that series. Yeah, so insanely sweet innovation. Yeah, like I don't, I don't have like fundamentally, I don't think there's anything wrong with this fanatic draft, but I have an issue with the kindred in this draft, and and they got punished for it. And then so then they go, they went immediately like full panic mode. Well, maybe not full panic mode. This could have been arguing. This is argument for them playing curveball in round two. They played that at the any twitch, right? I don't have an issue with that against the the Sonataric either. Like you, you want to play kill lanes against them, so I I get it. But this again, Origin just out, Origin just put all the attention bot lane and they couldn't do anything. Like that was. <laughs> and they, their comp pretty much nullifies the Twitch in the late game too. So yeah. I feel like they could have been better without a Twitch. I feel like there's more aggressive lane eighty carries that could have gone well with Annie too. Yeah. Because I, part of the bonus of Twitch is how strong he is in the late game, and he was completely nullified in this game. You know, Twitch is uh, he's we can well, well that's a different topic for a different day but Twitch I think is like a mid game spike and then a late game spike he's a lot like Vayne where his one item spike is really really good and then his late game is really really good but well would you like to see like even like a Draven in this composition or somebody who's like very lane dominant with an um, when so, you're up against Zone of Terror yeah so Draven was you, well the thing with Lucian is like you, you you can't really play Lucian into that comp because he's low range so he just eats all the poke if he goes in for any kind of trade so yeah, Sony just chunks of, him I'm not a fan of Lucian even like Misfortune so, right so Draven so Draven was banned in the in this series by Fnatic in, in game 2 anyway uh, I don't want to get I don't want to get too into all the like specifics of the draft because I want to leave some time to talk about like the best draft ever later but like <laughs> so yes. I Fnatic partially stuck to their guns and partially didn't I, I i really do think this wasn't like brilliant drafting by origins origins just outplayed them which is something that we haven't seen them really do all season right. so they they played really at their ceiling i think which is and if, if anything origin impressed me in in this playoff run they didn't. like i know i know they got blown out by g2 but like origin really impressed me because they showed me that this isn't a team that all season long i've been operating under the assumption that Origin are like a low ceiling, high floor team. They're steady. Yeah, they're consistent. Right. They have good players. They have veteran players. They have like they 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 get how to play the game. But to me, they didn't show a way to like smash through that ceiling and give find this new potential. And the end of the season and playoff, m- more so playoffs, really elevated that for me. And and I'm I'm willing. I'm open to the opportunity that this team could be better than I think they are now. The only yeah. the only thing that makes me a little bit more hesitant to give them too much credit is that the only draft I liked from Fnatic in the entire series was Game Four, and even in Game Four they're still tankless, which I always think is a little sketchy. We have like, a even if you're really good. I, I mean, they're not going to build him like a tank though. Yeah. He's, so he's just going to. I mean, he gets his regen, but that's the only draft from them that feels like a Fnatic draft to me. When I look at it, I'm like, this is what Fnatic plays. Like Hillisang's on Pike. Reckless is on a scaling AD carry. Nemesis is on a support mage. I like the game three draft a lot. Plays. I, 
I'm not a fan of putting. I mean, I guess I, I, I like it. I, it's the same draft almost, except yeah, with the vein, right. which I'm not the biggest fan of vein into Ezreal. But. Yeah. Well, vein into Ezreal is interesting because it seems bad, but like if you if if the Ezreal doesn't land stuff early, you just get a free lane phase on vein. Yeah, which I is mean, like, he needs to he needs to beat you up. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I I I, I don't necessarily have that big of an issue with all these drafts from Fnatic. They just got outplayed in this series. Agreed. Well, they definitely got outplayed. Like I. It, it wasn't like they lost these games in draft. They just got outplayed. Like, No, I don't think they lost them in draft, but I think they played strategies that are not as comfortable for them when they yep. should have yeah. just played strategies that are comfortable for them. That I'd agree with. That is like okay. And then we had... Then we had the sweetest oof, series magnifique. this year. <sighs> G2, 3-0, Origin, which was super satisfying for me but I believe the biggest money maker of the year for our group I know it was my biggest day of the year yeah for anybody that was like following me on Twitter and everything I was like tripling down on this series more or less and it hit and so that was like pretty satisfying and I hit that and IG in the morning which was so I had an abysmal two weeks leading up to this and made almost all of it back on these two series so i was huge on the plus on the minus 2.5 and huge on the minus 1.5 and the money line had parlays from earlier in the season so yeah uh, huge series so this series it's it's kind of weird because it went how we expected but i I actually think game one or origin showed up to like origin was good in game one like they again like if anything if if there's any one game that makes me respect origin Moving forward, it was it was this game one against G two, like I, I thought it could have gone. Origin could have won this game. There were a couple. There were a couple key plays by Wonder on fucking Irelia really really early in this game that were. I mean, he was so far ahead of the of the Hecarim. I he was like what like forty CS up at one point. Oh, yeah, he was murdering. He was so so ahead, but uh, Alfari got really smurfed on this. Yeah, Origin game. Origin was playing well in this game. They just were a little bit too far behind in top. And then we had the game two hilarious draft. Probably the greatest draft and execute <sighs> that I've seen in any region this Man, year. Man, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pull up the the recap thing because I, I I I was. Tweeting not, I was gushing about this draft. I must have sent like twenty tweets out during this draft. <laughs> it was so good. Like, let me see. And the execution too. It wasn't even just that it was a sweet draft. They executed it so well. It. So, I'm not going to go into like a huge history lesson. I'm going to assume you all know. What prior- I'll, I'll do the brief primer on what priority is. Right. So. When we say priority or prio, if you hear that on the broadcast or hear us talking about it, what it means is you're a lane in which you can control the minion waves and get to somewhere that is not the lane faster without missing out on things. So you can get priority in different ways. You can get priority by poking the opponents down. You can get priority from just being able to win a trade and threatening. You can get priority from shoving the minions faster than your opponents shove the minions and using that as leverage to get to somewhere. An example of this would be uh, let's say, like, just for the sake of example, we'll say, like, Braum Siver in bot lane. So if we have Braum Siver against Vayne something, anything, right? Yeah. The Siver's going to outpush the Vayne. Now, the Vayne's going to win later in the game, but, like, the Siver's going to outpush, and they're going to be able to get to help their jungler take Scuttlecrab or get to a dragon fight faster than the other bot lane is. It doesn't mean that the other bot lane can't go, but if they do, they're going to miss minions, and that's a big deal because missing XP and gold is a big deal, especially at the highest level, right? So when we say priority... The, what, what we mean by that is lanes that should have priority, right? In this game, 
G2 literally finagled this draft in such a brilliant next level 9,000 IQ way to get priority in all three lanes, which is quite literally an instant loss in professional play. You could be rogue against G2, and rogue would probably win if that happened, right? You just have no control over the game, and then once you lose control, if you have no control over your lanes, you lose all the neutral objectives, they take the first towers, and they take your jungle, and they're out of the game. You're just shut out. Your jungler's not getting money anymore. You're going to be limited on the amount of things you can, uh, amount of money that you can get coming into your base, and they're going to have full control over barons and your neutrals and everything. So that's like the short, short version. G two in this game, I gotta, I'm, I'm bringing, I gotta bring up the order because it, was, <laughs> it really was something. Because, because G two was not expecting this. Like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Origin was not expecting this. G two yeah. drafted it so brilliantly that Origin spent the entire draft saying. Well, it's all right. We have these prios. Oh, wait. What happened to our prios? Like, I'm going to... Let me pull up real quick the... Uh, I'm just going to skip to the end of this draft because like, the order was like... Okay, so... When you pick... We could go into like crazy. I, I'm I'm going to end up doing a blog post on just this draft, so like I don't I won't go like too crazy on it. But you bait the Sona Tarek. Or no, first you bait the Rek'Sai pick. Arguably the strongest... This, before you say anything else, I was watching this with my wife, and before this game even started in the draft, I said, if Origin takes Sona Tarek this game, they're getting blasted. Because <laughs> G2 100% knows they're going to take Sona Tarek. And I, they handed not, it to him. not leaving that open not to blast them. So if they take yeah. it, they're going to get blasted. Uh, this this is such a weird situation for Origin to be in, too. Because, like, okay, like... So they give over the Rek'Sai for so they leave Rek'Sai, Sona, Tarek up, arguably the three strongest non-ban picks, right? Yep. Like they're, they're like the three picks that you get that aren't typically banned, right? Usually, when this happens in most air in most regions, like the the traditional thing to do is you give one and you take two. So yeah. it's a it's a classic red side strategy where you give them one power pick and you get two back, right? Mm-hmm. Leaves you a little vulnerable, but it's okay, right? You just you get two power picks versus one if it's just equity, right? So they give Origin the first pick, Rek'Sai, right? They counter with Zyre Rakan. Great lane, scales well, solid in lane phase and everything. But not something we've seen a lot recently, right? Yes. So right away you knew something's up. You're like, okay, like as Origin, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to not take the two power picks? Because that's like so counterintuitive and outside the box that it would have been nuts to see them not there. I actually probably would have got like I know we didn't want to see them do that. Like they were kind of like walking into a bear trap here. But at the same time, I would have been mad if they didn't take it. Also, G two well, put them in so such beautiful. a bind. Exactly. That's why it's so beautiful. They have to take it, but you just know they're gonna blast them when they. Take yeah, it. it's like what are you supposed <laughs> to do? Not take it? Like you, you just you have to, right? So they set this up. It was like the ball. It was a. Perfect bump set spike, except there were like three bumps and like four spikes, right? So <laughs> they set that up. Then they take the pike. They take the pike, which was like, what? Yeah, what's going on here? He's like, okay, is this a jungle pike? Is this a mid lane pike? Like, what's going on? At this so point, at this point, I don't even think still at this point that funnel is on their mind because they ended up. So Origin ended up banning LeBlanc and Hecarim. Totally fine, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah, they end up being LeBlanc and Hecarim. 
it's clearly still not on their radar that this could be a funnel, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, 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 and it, like, I don't fault them at all because nobody saw this coming. And I wasn't, right? I, 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 I wasn't thinking watching the draft that it was going to be funnel. I knew they were going to have something, but I didn't think it was funnel. Yeah. I was just yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah, like, yeah. the LeBlanc Heckram band, they're going to have something. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll have like a weird pick. I honestly expected it to be Morgana, which is moving on to the next pick is hilarious, right? So I was like, it's going to be Morgana or Rise. That was like, honestly, what I thought it was like, okay, like, probably that's just something safe that can wave clear whole priority, right? So they take the Morgana next. Then they get a counter with the Yasuo, right? The Yasuo would have been good against, if it was a Pike mid, you could argue whether it's good against Morgana or not. It's it's interesting because he kind of, like, she kind of counters him, but not in lane, right? They set it up. Then they get the rise, right? Uh... I forgot. Origin, Origin took Kennen, which I think was a fun pick. So Origin take Yasuo and Kennen, which is like, okay, you have this like crazy wombo combo. You have the knockup setup from Rek'Sai. You have the CC from Sona. You have this crazy wombo combo with all these CCs, like AOE CCs, right? And I liked the Yasuo pick, something aggressive, something that could counter, something that could get Nuke Duck ahead, right? They picked the Rise. I just assumed it was going to be a Rise mid. I think everybody kind of thought that. Or it would be a Morgana and then like a Rise or like a Pike Jungle or something, right? Uh-huh. When they set when they did the trades and they didn't trade it and they set the funnel up, it like dawned on me like I saw that I was like holy shit they're actually gonna do this right, and then it was it was like the what's the what's the gif with the the woman with like seeing all the math equations and all this shit like that was like my first thing I was like dude they next leveled this so hard, Rise gonna have shove in top. They're gonna put the bot. They're gonna put bike pike roaming. They're gonna have Morgana just wave clear against the Sona Tower because they have no pressure early whatsoever. I was like, they're just literally gonna have the shove in three lanes, and they're gonna have jungle advantage because they they somehow counterpicked Rexai. Rexai is like the best jungler right now because nobody can duel. Like you have to go off meta picks to duel her, right? And that's what's so strong about her, and the gang pass and all that stuff and the vision. They just completely surpassed doing any kind of weird counterpick. By not by basically not having a jungler, so it cuts down the effectiveness of the Rexai so much. And if Rexai's lanes don't have any priority, Rexai can't counter jungle, and Rexai's just on on farm duty now, and that's not where you want to be with Rexai. G two literally countered four lanes. It countered all three lanes and jungle. It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, we lost John. He's gonna be back momentarily, I'm sure. Okay. But uh, it was it was one of the sickest drafts I've ever seen. It was like 9,000 IQ, big play draft. And this is the kind of thing that we can get from this team. We, we, we've been talking about just their upside and how exciting it is. that like I mean, they have just great players, but it's so exciting that this, te- this team is not afraid to do stuff like this. And this was clearly practiced, clearly well thought out. They executed it to perfection. Origin didn't have a shot in hell on this game. Like not a chance, and I don't know. I I I went on and on. I must have sent like twenty tweets out. I think I'm gonna end up doing a blog post about this draft just because it was it was that interesting and that intricate. Even the Yasuo pick, like you're never gonna have. Yeah, hey, John's back. Nice. Even this Yasuo pick, you're never gonna have. Like it's not gonna matter because he's a melee and you have to play against two people. Right. Like every literally everything. Th- this was. As close to a 100 to zero draft as I can imagine. As soon as this draft fired off, I just boatloaded on live. I just max bet live. I was just like, "This is over. This is the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life." Like this is the for my. I've watched a lot of League of Legends in my life, like literally thousands and thousands of matches. Right. This is probably the sickest draft I've ever seen. 
Literally, 100%, I agree. And when I saw the draft, I loaded on the minus 2.5. Dude. So I just thought, if they're they're going to dump, they're going to dumpster this game. And how do you recover you're, from that? Yeah, your spirit is broken when you lose to this. I mean, so we were I talking to each other on Twitter with this, and we were oh, like, yeah. dude, how are they going to recover? Like, they just got... What do you do? Best draft I've ever seen, hands down. Uh, yeah, it, it was... Record-breaking. Yeah, it, it, was, it was not close. I... I and I've seen, like I said, man, I've watched a lot of league in my life, and it was, it was, it was something to behold. And then game three, I mean, you know, as soon as they got smashed in game three, like and it played out exactly like we thought it was. They just got completely obliterated in game three. That, that game was over five minutes into it. Yeah, with all those, all those fights and Nico getting ahead, I was like, this is over. G G two were the real deal because Origin Origin played really, really well, and they just. Got embarrassed. I don't even say they got embarrassed. They did. They got embarrassed and didn't even play badly. It was just like Griffin and SKT. Like you can't. How are you supposed to see that coming? <laughs> like, yeah, they, they got made to look really stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite not even playing that badly, like you say. Uh, yeah, I was I was tremendously impressed with with G two, and uh, I I think we have a legit Western contender. I we talked a little bit about this, and maybe we're a little being a little overhyped, and we should pull back a little bit, but. Just the ceiling on this team, I it's probably the be- this could be the West, best Western team ever. I don't even think there's any doubt. I think it's easily like the best already team ever. Even the <laughs> like the previous best Western teams, like Fnatic. I would say I would say it was Fnatic last season. Yeah, I would say Fnatic? that's the best. Wow. I would say that's the best Fnatic Western last season team. or Fnatic the year before was good as well. Um, I think last season. I think Caps was a, was a monster last season. Yeah, and then you have to go all the way back to like. The, like Moscow Five before the East was really dialed up, right? Like, I don't think that team beats this team. I don't think last year's Fnatic, if they played, beats this G two at all. No, this G two team. It's it's funny. We all talked about I mean, they 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 won this series in under seventy five minutes. Yeah, right. They won a final against a red hot game. team. Was it eighteen? I think eighteen thirty one. Eighteen thirty one. In game three of a finals against a good yeah. team, we were like. Like, all right, look, make no mistake, Origin were, like, two tiers below G2, but, like, Origin are not a bad team. Like, they're not a losing yeah. 18 minutes team. Like, this G2 is on a totally different level. Yeah, it's exciting. Like, these other teams around here, very exciting. I can't wait to see this team internationally. I think they're going to get my MSI money. I was talking to you guys about it earlier, but I think there's going to be some money from me on G2 to win MSI. Yeah. They have reasonable odds. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, just because... If for no other reason, just a tale for excitement because this team is so fun to watch. Uh, and they're playing a style that can beat like IG, and that's what it, that's what impresses me. They're not they playing do a style everything. That IG's just gonna dumpster. Yeah, they, they, they do everything do they want. They, they complain well. They complain normal. All of their players are game changers. Like mm-hmm. any single one of these, we say that about like the great teams that they just have great players will just make out plays. We saw it in SKT, right? Not the Griffin play bad. SKT is just like okay. Here's four Hall of Famers. They made Hall of Fame worthy plays. That was like that's all that happened in that series, right? And like, it's not even just that they're and they are all individually that good that they can all be game changing players. But like you talked about with their other series uh, at the end at the end of the regular split, I believe they're also just unbelievably smart yeah. macro players too. They react Correct. so quickly to weird situations. And go for if they need to split push to finish the game, they can do it. If they need to try a realm warp to do a backdoor, they can do it. If they need to try to split Baron and Elder, whatever they need to do, they react very quickly, decisively, and they play super well. Yeah. 
And very, you, very good. You, you know this as a poker player and, like, a, I'll, I'll reference Magic, too. When you're behind in games, you sometimes got to get creative in finding different ways to play to your routes. You might only have – you're playing cards. You might only have one card in the deck that wins you the game or gets you out of the situation you're in. You you got to do everything in your power to set up to for that situation to happen, right? Yeah, in, in Magic, 100%. Yeah. yeah you, if you know you only have one out, you have to play the game as if that card is the top card of your deck. Yeah, or to set up for win. it. Or to set yeah. up for it. And, and like you have to f- buy time to do that. It's easy to say that in League of Legends. So few teams, even at the high level, don't do it. Like, oh, 100%. It's it not, infuriates it's, me. Like, it's, do it's partially, like, I honestly, I'll call it lazy because it is. It's okay. easy to get demoralized and all, but it is just lazy. Like, it's not that these guys don't know what to do. They know what to do. They just don't play to the routes. G2 always play to the routes. And yeah. even when they're, like, they always play to the routes, and they always find these off-the-wall ways to create situa- like create more value. If you ever if you're like two percent to win a game, G two will find a way to make it seven or ten. Like they'll do something. They know it seems like they know just the right pressure points to like throw people off. Right? It's it's impressive to me. They they play. They rem, this team reminds me a lot of Samsung White in that not only are the individual players just obscenely good, but they they play a style all their own. They but they can also just do everything. Like it's not like they can't play standard stuff. They're willing to be creative. They're aggressive. They always play to the routes. They're willing to push the wind, like push the limits. They didn't have to try to end this game in in eighteen minutes. They did it because they can, and they're yeah. like, why not? Right? That's they remind me a lot of that team, and they they smash you. They like they completely smash you. They demoralize you. It's it's they're really fun to watch. We could gush and gush. We should do the G two cast, right? That's yeah, um, fantastic and unbelievable. Uh, let's go to NA, which was a much more I'll, interesting in a different way. I'll, I'll call it entertaining, right? <sighs> this series was so frustrating to watch because, like, you knew... I felt this way. I was like, even after they went down two games, I was like, I'm so pissed because I, I was actually confident. I actually bet Team Liquid when they were down 0-2 to win the series. I was like, I know they're just going to turn around 3-0 this, but I already, like, lost because I, I bet the one, minus 1. 1.5, right? This was a classic situation. It's like, okay, this team is clearly better, and they just got outdrafted really, really bad in the first two games. And I'm not trying to take anything away from TSM, but it, it was, again, another situation where they threw the, the first the first game curveball and then lost momentum. I can't stand when teams do thing. this. It's I, the same thing that happened in game three and four with Cloud9. Yeah. Like I, Cloud9 should have just stomped them, too, and Cloud9 decided to get weird and tricky with it and just throw games that they didn't need to throw. It, it, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating because, like, I've never been more confident about a, about a comeback ever. It was like the weird. It was like the weirdest thing because I was so beat up, like I was so bent that they they lost the first two games because I was like already out to make like I was already off making a bunch of money on it, right? And I was like highly invested this weekend, so I was like, man, that sucks. But like right away, like I was so confident that even with that downturn, I was just like, oh, they're gonna just they're gonna three two this and just to rub it in my face, like that's what it felt like, right? You're just like, <laughs> and. Clearly, over the, the next th- the next three games weren't even particularly close. Like game three kind of was, but like you, they had the scaling. Like TSM didn't get ahead enough in the fr- in in game three, and after, I mean game five ended up being like crazy dramatic. But I didn't think there was a like not for a second that I think TL was going to lose that game, even with like people think LeBlanc doesn't scale. Can we just dis- can we debunk that now? 
Yeah, like LeBlanc scales well. I, do do people not realize that like she can literally WQR and like just the two Qs landing will yeah. almost one shot anybody unless you have like a, a mall Mamordius and even then it's gonna proc it and you're gonna end at a quarter health. I want a carry. I want a hot take a little bit on this series. Too. Go for it. Broken Blade is not good. That's my hot take. Really? All season, all season, I've been unimpressed with Broken Blade, and people just keep telling me Broken Blade's good. And I keep watching the games, and I'm just never impressed with this guy. Like, they put him on Akali for the last two games. I don't know how Bjergsen doesn't get that Akali. Bjergsen I, has yeah. hard carried all kinds of games this season with Akali. They took the Akali, I think, for the matchup and because they wanted to play 1-3-1. So, like, I get I know, it. I, I put that Akali on Bjergsen every time, no and matter what. Because yeah. Broken Blade, I really feel like he's just essentially, like, uh, he's a Hoonie-esque player. I, yes. He plays super over-aggressive. But if his team does good stuff, then he can get that covered up for, and he looks good because yeah. his over-aggressive plays work because the team helps him. I haven't seen a lot of games this season where it was like, oh, man, Broken Blade's dumpstering this guy 1v1. No, he has had games where he's dumpstered people 1v1. He has some they, in the last series, but, play, like... When they play towards him and they give him priority and the jungler helps him, then he can dumpster people. But I have not seen a lot of games where it was just him on an island dumpstering somebody. Yeah, he's, the way that you see it from the Shy or Zoom or somebody like that. Yeah, and, and he's clearly not on that level yet. But you got to remember, too, like, this is, you know, a rookie. And, but if that's what he does, because that's what he's been doing all season. If what he does is play carries, which is what he's been doing all season. Why isn't he? I haven't been impressed with if he's not dumpstering people and all he does is play carries. I mean, we're going to have to see him more on tanks. But for all scouting reports and everything I heard about this guy was he's going to play carries every game and dumpster people. He's And he played carries every game and didn't dumpster people. And so, I don't know. I'm just not, I haven't been impressed with him. I thought Viper was way better all season. Oh, Viper! People have been telling me that Broken Blade was better. I don't know. No, I think Viper's a better player, but because uh, I think Viper does basically, he just does it better. Like he just does the same thing but better, right? Exactly. And, exactly. I think Viper's the exact same kind of player. Over aggressive, sometimes makes big mistakes because he's playing too aggressive. But I think I have seen Viper completely dumpster some people one v one, and I haven't felt that way with Broken Blade. Yeah, and I, I think he's got he. Again, he. This is like a young kid. He's got a lot of upside, and I, I, it's not to say he's a bad player. He's just not. I and mean, we, we, it, in the last three games, Impact absolutely schooled him. Mm-hmm. Like there were Maybe moments. I should say this. Maybe I, instead of saying he's not good, he's not impact. I should say is. I don't think this is the answer. Like, I don't think you're going to see TSM making a run at Worlds because they picked up Broken Blade. Like, oh, he no. might be okay. all right. That's but fair. I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to come in and make this team great. He's not a game changer. He's not a he's dynamic. Not. Yeah, I, I think he's, he'll probably be fine, especially domestically. But I don't, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to change the fortune of TSM. If I'm trying to win Worlds as TSM, I mean, you're not really going to do that. But if I'm trying to win Worlds as TSM, I get rid of Broken Blade. Yeah, you're not afraid to try to make a splash, like an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, he is probably an upgrade compared to Hanser. <laughs> which, which is so frustrating, because Hanser was looking like he was like the next great like, NA talent. Hanser was sweet. Just Golden Guardians Hanser was can I? Sweet. Can I... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this. This is like kind of an off season topic, but I'll just pitch it. We can just go real short on it, right? Hauntzer is basically the guy that took a payday to go to a lesser team. It feels like I don't know what I don't know what they paid him. I'm assuming it's more than he was making, or maybe it wasn't. 
I think word on the street was TSM didn't want Hanzu. P- TSM didn't want him, yeah. which blows my mind, right? Yeah, I'm a little surprised, but I mean, he was a lot worse this season, so maybe TSM knew. Maybe knew. Yeah, maybe, maybe they knew. Yes. Yeah. They probably knew that he was topped out. But like, how much? How much of it is? That's a good point. Reginald, give him credit because he knows when to cut bait. Like he's been a king at that. He has been very good at it. I used to make fun of him so much, but like over the years, man, he knows. He just knows. He's like, oh no, you're done. You're not good enough. Get out. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see TSM like next week just be like, oh yeah, uh, we got a new top laner. Chaos <laughs> reference. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of examples where he gets out at the right time, like every time. He's like the classic. He likes sell high. He's like the best sell high guy ever, right? Um, oh, he's the New England Patriots. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. The, the, this series was real weird to me because it kind of it ended exactly how I thought it was going to end, but. It just got there in a really frustrating way. Like, would it, would any anybody been surprised if this was a three zero for Liquid? Like, if they didn't draft that way in those first two games, I think it would have been a three zero. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, granted that TL never won a single game in the regular season, but eh, yeah, it didn't cross my mind that they would lose or had to push the game five. But this was like a cream rising to the top kind of situation for me. I don't know about you. Like, I don't. Know, do we have any, you have anything else on this one? Nope. I know John. I know John just had to get up for a second, but I don't really have anything else going on for for this one. But um, so I'm gonna briefly mention these, and hopefully John gets back in the uh, in the interim. Uh, we had some finals in other regions too. Uh, a couple of them were kind of basically went how we thought they were gonna go. Uh, Detonation Focus me destroyed in Japan. They were. The minus 2.5 was, like, a heavy favorite, which tells you something. Uh, so they won 3-0. A bit of an underdog. Uh, Vega Squadron beat Elements Pro 3-1 to in the LCL. reason I wanted to mention that is because, historically, this region sends a rep, like a, a pretty good team to Worlds. Fangvu Buffalo dropped the game, but they won their final. There was a huge upset in Brazil. Uh, Flamengo were, like, minus 700 favorites or something like that. And they got they lost to um, INTZ uh, three to two big slugfest series. I didn't actually get a chance to watch. It. I want to try to do that this week. Uh, but yeah, five game series, and then Fenerbahce in Turkey three owed supermassive. And to me, that was a statement. But I also kind of like I was like looking at these these games, and supermassive gave supermassive gave Fenerbahce Karthus in games one and game three. Which like you just can't do on this patch, uh, John's back. So John, we're we're just briefly touching on the uh, the IWC regions. Uh, wanted to mention uh, the the two main ones. We had the big upset in Brazil, and we had um, uh, Fenerbahce three zero supermassive. But with the caveat that supermassive gave up Carthus in two two of the three games. Yeah, the the only one that I really watched was the INTZ versus Flamengo one, and I was just super surprised. Flamengo just really dumpstered, or INTZ just really dumpstered Flamengo. Yeah, you were you were saying Flamengo had been so dum- dominant all season. That yeah, was you, another one of those ones where there's like nobody that predicted that it was going to be so dominant for INTZ. Yeah, and I like again, I, I that's a, that's one of the series I didn't watch. I did watch the Turkish series, but uh, I didn't watch Brazil. And you 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 said Brazil in in those games like the one win that. Flamingo had probably should have went to INTZ also, right? So this yeah, could have been they, a three one ahead and should have won that game too. So it was it was wild how dominant INTZ looked. 
Yeah, so uh, actually, it's it's weird. The IWC regions are are almost always like chalk. Like they almost always go according to plan. Every once in a while, you get something different. But it's it's recently it's been very very predictable, and we got a couple big upsets this time. So it, it, it is spring for EU Masters. There's upsets everywhere except for EU <laughs> Masters, boys. We'll we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit. Uh, so. That's all we had for last weekend's finals. I know that was a bit of a review, but uh, so we have a couple games this week. We have the biggest one is the uh, LPL Spring Finals. We have Invictus Gaming minus three seventy against JDG plus two fifty nine. The Invictus minus one point five is at minus one ninety six. So you got to pay almost two to one to get, uh, or one to two to get. The minus one point five Invictus really really heavy favorites here. And actually, I took them at minus two hundred. But let me double check. I think the line actually improved somehow. Like somebody out there's loving because I usually I move the line on Bovada a lot. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. And so somebody out there must be liking JDG because I'm pretty sure I looked at it earlier and it was only minus one seventy five. I know for Bol, it's been on it's been on minus one ninety six all week. Yeah, it's minus it one seventy. Seriously? Yeah, and it was minus 200 when I bet it. So somebody is moving this money towards JDG. Maybe but I'm gonna uh, add some more to the other side. So feel free to bet maybe JDG. maybe maybe it's uh maybe it's imp. <laughs> it is. It's imp. It's got. Or maybe be. maybe it's rookie. Yeah, we go well, into the fixing scandals, right? Mythy, if he's as good at betting. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> probably on JDG. So caps. So caps is dream. No, yes. was it? It's caps. It's gotta like, be caps. Before they played against RNG, they did an interview with all the LEC pros and asked them who was going to win in China. And Caps said he had a dream that JDG won, and so he's voting for JDG. Oh my god! And that was before they played against FBX. Before they played against RNG, I think it was before we too. <laughs> caps is he's too high IQ. He so knows about JDG. So. This series, we we talked a lot about this before the cast. Let's try to like basically take that conversation we had and sum it up into into shorter terms, right? Before we came on, we we were talking about this game and how really you have to evaluate this in the context of the JDG FPX series, right? I think we all. I don't know, uh, Chris. Did you did you feel the same way we did that 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 series was more? Fun Plus kind of beating themselves in at least two of those oh, yeah. games, I think. Absolutely. I mean, even I don't have as much experience as you guys watching those games. That was not a good Fun Plus game. Yeah. The mistakes that were made were fundamental. Yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting to me that it kind of, like, we talked a lot about, like, their their strong, their strength becoming their weakness in that series, but I, I honestly think they just didn't play that well. Yeah. And it ended up yeah. being like a fun, dramatic series. I know the casters were like super hype on it, and it, it was an exciting series to watch. But it also wasn't a good showing by FPX. It was a good showing by JDG, not Imp, like but it was a good showing by the rest yeah. of JDG. Like watching Imp die Doin B. It's Doinbee. I call the team Doinbee X. That's yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, it was just a, it was it was so weird because in my head I had. Fun plus Phoenix's floor as like winning the series three to two, like worst case scenario. Yes, hundred percent. Because like I was like, even if they play bad, they they should be able to win this series. But they played really really bad. And JDG credit to JDG for elevating because they they did they they played really well this series besides Imp, who if you 
I know it sounds like we just dunk on Imp, but please just watch these games. You don't know what I'm talking about. Like, how many times... There was at least four times in these... in Really, in, like, the first three games that he just, like, died. He just, like, ran into the enemy team 1v5. It's like, what are you trying to do? You're not distracting anybody. The rest of your team's right there. It's like... It's like he, it's like they say go. In the middle of nowhere, there was that thing over by like the red buff. Yeah, yeah. Off in the middle of nowhere, doing nothing. This gets killed. Like what? I don't know if it's like a communication thing with this team, but it's almost like like Lucy, like Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football, right? Where it's like <laughs> his team will be like, okay, we're going in now, and then he goes and kicks the ball, and then and then like she lifts the ball up, and they're not there, and they're like, ah, got you. <laughs> but then they win these games anyway. They're like never. This this is why this team is so infuriating to us because they do this all the time, and they never ever get punished for it. Like. It, I don't know. It huge credit to Zoom and Yagao. Zoom Zoom's been really good. Well, Zoom has been exemplary, and Yagao has been very good. Yeah, I, I think really we to carry this team. We've all been pretty high on Zoom all season, but I don't think we've talked about him a lot on the show. If the shy didn't exist, Zoom is arguably the best player in China this split. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. And we're talking in conversation with rookie. And Loken and Knight and and Uzi and like all these people, Karsa, like he's been that good. He is yeah, like very, elite, very like good. best in the world quality good, right? The Shy's just been intergalactically good, right? So yeah, basically, um, getting back to this series, like we, because a lot of the context of this series is painted by that series. Invictus three one Top Sports. I was actually kind of impressed. Top Sports got a game there, but Invictus pretty convincingly beat Top Sports. And reminded us all why they're good, right? Yes. So, the 3-0 is actually favored. Like, the books actually think the 3-0 is the most likely possibility. So, the 3-0, the exact 3-0 is plus 177. The 3-1 is plus 237, right? I'm I'm really, really heavy. I, I actually, I was saying to John before this game, I'm, I'm max bet. It's like, a, it's like 20 units on this game, on the minus 1.5. I don't, to me... If if JDG do it again, then God bless him. I don't know anything. Okay, <laughs> like yes, there's nothing stopping them. Caps his dream. Is it should true. it should tell you something that I've had the past couple weeks that I've had with all these upsets happening, and I'm still willing to fire that heavy on on Vic this year. And I am also firing about yeah, as heavy. Yeah, I as I, I actually think I, I know I'm more confident in this game than I am in in the EDG game that I was two weeks ago. And Invictus are just better. They're just the, they're the best team in China. And JDG, you could argue, shouldn't have been in playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would argue that point. And <sighs> they've played well, but it comes to an end here. I'm going to do a yeah. long blog post about it, but it, th- this is it. It comes to an end here. So I, I'm max. I'm max bet against, on this. If JDG plays against BLG tomorrow, and you're the sports book, what are the odds for you? Uh, right JDG now, BLG. I'd probably make BLG dogs just because I know I could get suckers. <laughs> if I'm doing it for like my own capping purposes, BLG are slight favorites. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think BLG are slight favorites. Like minus really one thirty, minus one forty, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like minus one twenty-five. Yeah, like that. yeah. I, that's where I'd put them. And like JDG's in the finals, and G- BLG didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and Invictus is. It, it'd be different if Invictus and Top Sports, like if Top Sports exposed something. But they didn't. Also, so JDG have been kind of prank. Like in the Fun Plus series, JDG impressed me. I'll, I'll give them credit because they beat a team that wasn't a team that they were tailor made to beat. Yes. We talked a lot about this too. Like in hindsight, we probably should have seen the RNG and the WE wins coming because they're really good at just playing kill the eighty carry, and those teams rely really heavily on that. Them beating Fun also, Plus was really a shocker. You yes. have to 
you have to understand for this final series too. One of the biggest differences is that Zoom is playing against someone who's better than him. Yeah, which and happened to this whole. This how many whole players thing. in the world are better than him? Yeah, one yeah, maybe two. Generating, he is generating a huge number of advantages for that team by dumpstering his lane opponents. Yeah, and if he does it to the shy, power to him. But from what we've seen this season, I'm nobody's not, doing that to the shy. Yeah. He's lost literally. He's he's not had like a tremendous advantage in like literally one game since the Worlds. Like it's yeah, like literally yeah. one game. Like it's <laughs> he's so, he, he's nuts. That's what's gonna have to happen. I feel yeah. like for JDG to be competitive, Zoom is gonna have to beat Wait. the shy in lane. This is this is a case where I would be utterly shocked if JDG took a game. So I'm all in on the one point five. Yeah, uh, I agree. I don't think there's that much more to talk about this. Like JDG are like cockroaches; they don't go away. Like they just <laughs> and yeah, power power to them. Like yeah, they're evolutionary inferior, evolutionarily inferior to cockroaches who are built to survive and <laughs> deal with all sorts of shit. JDG are just a little bit lucky. Props to them for getting credit, but Invictus are going to smash this series. They, honestly, would it surprise you if Invictus won the series in under seventy five minutes, like G two just did? No, wouldn't no, shock me at all. Not at all. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't LMS think they do it the same way, but they don't need to. Agreed. Uh, LMS. Uh, we have this one's actually really really interesting. We have Mad Team minus one seventy five against Flash Walls plus one twenty. The uh, Mad Team minus one point five is at plus one twenty four. This is tough to call. I'm going to be on Flash Wolves here because they they look like I know they've been struggling and it's been an uphill battle. And I know Mad Team have looked really really good, but this is mostly a value bet for me. It's like value bet plus hunch for me, where I, I think these two teams are even, so one shouldn't be 175 favorites, so I'm going to take the dog in that case. But I also kind of think Flash Wolves, like, th- this This series is really, really close to 50-50 for me, so I'm going to take the plus 120 dog for the value, and I also kind of think Flash Wolves can win this. And I know, uh, like, I don't know, Chris, if you wanted to chime in, because you were talking a lot about this match on Twitter earlier. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch too much of the LMS, but I'm always going to trust my sources, in which they say that, you know, they give Flash Wolves every bit of a chance. So this odd seems to be a little off to me, so I will take this as my pick of the week. I will take the Flash Wolves. I'm down with uh, that. And I, is, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. I was just going to say, I, I'm not betting this game, but I did bet on the Flash Wolves to win preseason. And just had a slight thing we were talking about earlier. I just wanted to say for the viewers, which is in these smaller regions in particular, pay a lot of attention to the organizations. Because in the LMS in particular, Flash Wolves is the only successful LMS team. And so even though they lost a bunch of their players, they've had years of generating revenue and picking up the best staff and the best everything. And nobody else has had any money to do any of that stuff. And so even if they come in with slightly lesser players, there's a very good chance that over the course of the season, the infrastructure that they have there is going to lend them a huge aid, especially in these small regions where some of the teams are like near bankrupt all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so saying that about Taiwan because I don't, I don't know the financial situation of the LMS teams, but I agree with you on like the infrastructure aspect. Like, keep in mind, I think people need to keep in mind that Flash Wolves basically rebuilt this season. Yeah, they're or, mostly entirely yes. new teams. And they had their ups and downs this season, but they were right there. Like, all season long, you could make the argument whether they were better or worse than Flash Wolves, but, like, the two of them were clearly better than the rest of the league, despite a few weird losses by both of them. They were both, like, the class of the LMS, and that's in a rebuilding year. So, time, they have... this. You gotta remember, too, the other aspect of this is there's, like, two weeks before the final in the LMS. 
So it's not like there's one team that's going to have a preparation advantage either. So I, I like the underdog in that situation, and I'm going to stick with, you know, maybe it's old thinking, and I've been punished a lot for that recently, but I, I kind of think it looks to me AHQ were surging and looking really, really good at the end of the split, and Flash Wolves just beat them, which kind of was like the tiebreaker to me. That was kind of like icing on the top that kind of pushed me over to like put something on this. It's not a lot, but I, I like the Flash Wolves here. Yeah. H HQ, just my slight side note, because I don't want to spend too much time on LMS, but HQ came out and won a match with uh, their backup backup AD carry and won it impressively, and then all of a sudden just subbed in the other AD carry for the next match and got stomped. Yep. And I was like, I'm not sure what the difference maker was for them, but I was just very surprised because I was like, I expected Waco to play in the first series. Yeah. He didn't play at all, and I was like, okay, so Waco's done for the season. Then they obviously don't think he's the better AD carry. And then he just plays in the next round, and they get You're like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? What? Who's so, making these decisions and why? But yeah, yeah. I mean, Flash Wolves played a sub in this in this series too. But uh, yeah, I, uh, HQ and like I kind of there was a lot of weird drafts in the LMS the split too, like or in this series too. But it was actually kind of a sweep back and forth. If you, I'd suggest going back and watching it because this this was an interesting series because it was more. I want to say it was like more rock paper scissors, but it, it says something. So HQ like ran over Flash Wolves in the th in the fourth game, and I was like, oh, man, they're going to end up losing this series, but they didn't. And they came back, and they actually, like, got it together in game five and one. But I, t this is kind of like peaking at the right time situation to me. Peaking at the to right time, plus not necessarily the history of the organization because this is a new team, but, like, the infrastructure and the coaching and the... I'm basically betting on the process here. Like, I'm yeah. betting on the process getting them there, and also, I would say this is like three quarters value, one quarter hunch, because I do think the value this these teams should be fifty fifty. I think maybe slight favorite to made team, so I'm going to take the dogs at plus one twenty. Uh, I'll briefly mention it. Uh, so a lot of people want to the Latin American leagues combined this split. Uh, so you used to have Latin America North, Latin America South. They combine into one big league, which I think is good for both leagues, by the way. Definitely agree. Um, it's going to up the level of competition, so we might want to keep an eye on these teams for Worlds. We have uh, R7 and I think it's Isaris or Isaris. Uh, even money. Well, it's a lot of juice. It's minus 120. Uh, I wrote... Uh, I just basically claimed distantly cursory research because I haven't watched any of the LA all this split, but... Um, both teams 3-1 their first rounds. Uh, Isaris beat the number one seed, All Knights, who were like pretty far and away the top team in the region. Uh, didn't really have too many names that people would know. It's not like uh, a lot of people had like the old R7 lineup. People knew some of the names, but there's not a lot of familiar names left. So this... You could argue that Isaris should be favored because they beat the top seed, but I, I kind of just like looking at this, like R7 were way more steady over the course of the season, and they won the series, uh, the the regular season series. So I kind of like R7 a little bit here. I'm not going to bet this game, but I just thought I'd mention it. Any, any thoughts on this or no? No, I haven't watched Latin America. At yeah, all this I just think it's worth mentioning because this is a, t this is a region that, uh, it's an IWC region that could be improved because they combined. Yeah, uh, LAS. For the play-ins at Worlds. Yeah. LAS was like people don't realize, but like Latin America South is like a two hundred thousand person server. It's very small, so these guys don't get a lot of practice. It's kind of like like actual Russia's server. They just play on EU Northeast with like two hundred ping because that's better practice playing two hundred ping than against 
you know, their own server a lot of the time. It's uh, it's a it's as far as I know, it's the smallest server in the world. Is Latin America South? Latin America North has substantially more, but combined, they have about the same number as Brazil does. So, actually, I think it's a little less than Brazil, but it's close. Um, just worth mentioning. Uh, anything on LCK promotions? Is it just going to be the two LCK teams getting back in, or it's pretty we'll much just? To... Oh, good. No, I think we'll have to see because the J. Uh, I I fully expect KT to win and get back in. And then I think uh, one of the promo team has another chance against uh, Jenner again. Yeah, they play. Um, so we have, I think it's Shar- uh, ES Sharks play against Jenner, I think, Friday. They have to play tonight against VSG. Oh, is it tonight? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, VSG, VSG. That's it. That's it. Um, the winner plays Jenner. Jenner. Yeah. So I still give him, well, I don't know. They look pretty bad. I thought Shark had a great chance, but Jenner just... Yeah, this is a weird situation because the Sharks were the team that finished first and they got the bye. Like, they didn't even have to play playoffs. They just earned a spot to compete, right? But I kind of think VSG looked better from playing playoffs and, like, in this so far. But I I kind of... As bad as Jin Air was, and we talked about Jin Air getting relegated all season long, they came out and showed you, like, okay, there's still an LCK team. Yeah. And I think, like, we... I think we, we all got a little, you know... On our high horse because we saw Damwon and Sandbox and Griffin and all this, and you forget that most of the time, the LCK team is the LCK team for a reason. And I think we kind of forgot that because we've had these new teams coming up from the Challenger scene. Uh, and not, make no mistake, none of these teams are remotely on the same level as Damwon or or definitely not Griffin or even well Sandbox wasn't either. You got to remember Sandbox was like the number four team in Challenger for a while for like a lot of that season. And they just got hot and made, and then they got into LCK. So maybe that happens with one of these teams. They don't look that impressive here, but they are. There have been some significant meta shifts in the last couple of weeks too. So it's possible that maybe Sharks were were more dominant at a different meta and now aren't looking quite as good. I think that definitely happened in uh, yeah. the INTZ the INTZ series. So I think that's something that's happening a lot in the in the globe right now in general. Yeah, I, I like. Um... I like including the KT minus 1.5 or any of these series because I think KT is substantially better than all these teams, including Jin Air. So if you want to throw them in parlays with a different eSport or something else, like feel free because the, it's a little out of... It's like, I think it's in like the minus 200, so it's a little bit out of range for like traditional for me, but I think they're more or less a lock to get out. Yeah, 100%. I don't think they're even going to drop a game, honestly, but who knows. Um, pick of the week... Uh, this is the lamest pick of the week I've ever had. I got to admit, it's just Invictus minus one point five at minus one ninety six. It's minus one ninety six. I know that's lame. That's like, but this is a shoebox bet. And I know I said this. And I know I've been burned on it. This is a shoebox bet. If you think I'm wrong, then you know why are you listening. That's like, uh, and you know, you know, if if I end up being wrong on this. Call me out. Maybe I'll. If I end up being wrong, what should I do? I got to do something if I'm wrong on this one. If Invictus Gaming loses the finals, you can try to call me out, but I won't have a Twitter anymore. Okay, <laughs> it, I, I'll I'll like have to. Rec- I'll, I'll do like a full stream with like a dunce cap on or something like You'll that. You'll be able to find me bet down at the docks shipping fish. There you oh, go. No. There you go. I'll do one. So I'll I'll put a second pick out there. I'm not going to count it for our numbers or anything, but I'll put a second pick out there that's more. Uh, risky if you're more risk into 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 something with plus odds. 
I like the I like the IG three O exactly at plus one seventy seven. I think those odds are good enough to actually bet the. I, I don't bet three O's very often, but I think that's that's good enough odds mm-hmm. for what I think is the most likely pro, uh, outcome. John, what about you? You have a spicy one. I do. I do have a spicy one, and I'm going to preface this by saying I have not won a single EU Masters bet thus far. Admittedly. <laughs> The only bets I've made in EU Masters was I tried to play a system for EU Masters and I just bet every team that was plus 400 or better because I just don't think almost ever is a team like that unlikely to win a best of one game, especially weird aggro regions like Greece and the Benelux. Like, they're going to pick weird stuff Dude, and play super aggressive. I want to cut in on you because I want to cut in on you because we talked a little bit about this before, but like I think the most important thing to take from this before you say your pick is... You could have some crazy nerd that's like focused entirely on all these regions and knows all these teams, and they're not going to know how they mesh together. So, hundred percent. There's potentially a ton of value in just taking every underdog because these lines cannot be right. Now, I think in this case, you've been tremendously. I know it sounds weird to say you've been tremendously unlucky betting only plus four hundred dogs, <laughs> but no. But really, like. I've never. This is basically the League of Legends. I said this to John earlier. This is basically the League of Legends equivalent to betting like local college sports or like Division Three college football, where like nobody knows what Shippensburg is gonna do against Indiana <laughs> University of Pennsylvania, right? Like nobody knows. You know who knows? The people that play in that conference and shouldn't be betting on that game because they're probably calling the coaching staffs for those teams, <laughs> right? Like those are the only people that know. That's why books don't offer a lot of those kind of things, right? This is the basically the League of Legends equivalent of that. There's a ton of value to be gained in this and i'm super confident that this was the right play like i watched the previous two eu masters start to finish every game and there was tons of underdog victories yeah a lot of regions that people had counted out that that came out and got teams in the playoffs i'm super confident it was correct to bet all these plus 400s it just happens to be that so far they're 0 and 8 yeah so well the other thing the other thing is too like yeah it's just they're not even really underdogs. Like that's what's crazy. Like, I, like what? What's the argument for why these teams are favored and not favored? Like, just strength of region. That's it. And all these teams are dominant in their region. So that, like, almost every team that's at EU Masters went like thirteen or fourteen and one domestically. Yeah, it's so, so hard really to compare the two. They are. Yeah, when when a team's fourteen and one in their region, you don't know really know how good they are. Like until these teams play against each other, and even after these teams play, we're getting to see what like three games from these teams. Yeah, you. It's really it's, hard it's to get a basically a coin flip. It's basically a coin flip unless you have certain teams like LDLC or like like that have like a bunch of former LCS veterans that are like clearly going to be better than like your your randoms, right? A yeah, lot and of I time. mean even those teams like Mad uh, yeah. Mad Lions who won before they had to play the play in this year and they started off O three in the play in. Yeah. So I mean e- even some of the better teams usually lose. Unfortunately, plus four hundred underdogs are zero and eight so far. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. We're going to take one tomorrow. My pick of the week at plus 395. I'm going to take random five to beat big. I like and I have two reasons for that. Oh, well, three, I guess. Random five has not looked super terrible. But the biggest thing, I didn't actually really care that much about how random five has looked. Uh, I care more about big has looked not very good to me. They're 2-0. and oh, But the other teams that are, that were had that kind of hype, the mm-hmm. Mads and those kinds of teams LDLC. Have, have just been stomping people. Like LDLC's first game was twenty to one yeah. kills, 
and Big's games have been pretty close, have been decided at the end of the game, mostly by a team fight. They've gotten behind against worse teams. And so they have not been looking super impressive to me. And just as importantly, Big doesn't need to win this game. They're already locked for the playoffs, where if Random 5 beats them, Random 5 locks up a playoff spot. So this is a super important game for Random 5 and a completely unimportant game for Big, who have also been underperforming for me. So for me, Random 5 is going to be the play. Uh, I'm going to take them at plus 395 tomorrow. I'm going to add an additional bet to the bet I already have on Random 5, as I think they're going to be a, a good play tomorrow. All right. Uh, just a reminder, like, I mean, th- this after most people are going to be listening to this is when that's going to happen. So I'll just remind John right now to make sure he tweets that out as his pick of the I week. If he, if, he, if he wants to inform people, because there's a good chance I'm not going to get to editing this tonight. It's going to come out tomorrow afternoon, probably around game time. So um, I may just I may just hold it back and just brag about it later because I don't want all these <laughs> motherfuckers playing <laughs> Because I'm going to be, and I don't want I will, you guys I will in my you a win, John, by using my pick against me. I will stack big just for you. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Chris already said his, but uh, you just want to recap that, Chris? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the, the odds. I mean, this game sounds and feels like a 50-50, and yeah. this gives me a perfectly good way to cheat the system and take flash wolves at uh plus two uh 120 so yeah i can only hold my fingers across and see flash wolves in the msi yeah i like uh i'm, I'm with the flash wolves pick too not as confident in it but i like that as a pick of the week it's good value for it too so uh just to recap and calvin's pick of the week is jdg30 over ig <laughs> put it down in the spreadsheet he's not here so as far as he can't defend himself game. <laughs> he picked JDG three zero. He said, "Bet your whole bankroll on it." It's oh my lock. god, get out of here! <laughs> uh, just a quick. Uh, I'll I'll be captain ne- records next week. I'm not too worried about it. We've already run pretty long this week. Uh, you guys got anything uh, outside of league that's going on? I'll just say my. Uh, I'll update my Twitter. A post that I made on Twitter that I know you saw, Gelati. But I'll yeah. recap it for my my words of the wisdom for the week here. I had to go try to hire somebody this week. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, and please don't just put a bunch of dumb shit all over your Facebook and your Twitter because there was ten candidates that people sent me and they were like, "This is the guy you want." And every single one of them, when I went to their Facebook and their or their Twitter or anything, is just covered in stupid bullshit. Like, oh, when you when you're truly <laughs> down and out, that's when the real friends are going to show with some like fucking picture of a guy smoking <laughs> a cigarette in the dark in the background, like. I am never hiring you if you have stupid shit like that on your Facebook. Please don't do it. I know you're an idiot if I see that. And so please don't do it. If you go like if you go back 10 years on my Facebook, you can find some stuff like that maybe. When I was when I was like in my late teens maybe. But please, we're adults now. Don't put this stuff on your Facebook. If I saw someone like even if they had like a political discourse on there and it was a political belief I didn't agree with, I still would not mark that against them because it's like they're having a reasonable like intellectual yeah. discourse or whatever, but this garbage. I, if people mess with me, they better be ready for the horns. And <laughs> shit, Nobody, Nobody thinks that's cool. Do not do that. You p- ten people cost themselves job opportunities this oh week. Oh my god! By doing that, don't do it. That's my, that's my rank. 
Real life advice from John. What do you got, Chris? What's going on with your outside uh, league? I think it's we're headed closer and closer to next week, which everything accumulates into both NFL draft and the NFL uh, NFL. The Avengers are coming out. Yes. So yes. I gotta make a decision. Do both. <laughs> no, I'll probably be at the draft because I promised someone that I'll be on their show to talk about the draft. Who's going first overall and who's going second overall? Oh, man, it's Kyler Murray, and I don't think it's the Cardinals. I really hope they pull I think they're going to trade out. That's my call. I want them to trade out. You have no idea how invested I am in Josh Rosen. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah, I think Rosen's got it. But uh, number two, I think it's Nick Bosa. Yeah, it's going to be Nick Bosa, I think. Uh, His brother did him a lot of favors there. (laughs) But we'll see. I do think think Arizona's going to trade out for sure. Um... Jeez, what do I got? What's up? Is there odds there for? Uh, there probably is. I I don't have any on my. I haven't looked that in detail yet, but there are all sorts of props on the on the NFL draft that you can find. You can bet on just about anything. The best bet of the entire year so far was when they offered over under on the number of lies that Trump was going to tell in his speech. (laughs) (laughs) The sportsbook lost like the sportsbook lost like three hundred (laughs) k because the over under was like two point five. People just smacked the over. Oh my god! Three minutes just just crushed the over. Dude, so speaking of crazy stuff like that, uh, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna not so humble brag this. I literally bet the Columbus Blue Jackets to four zero Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll yeah. bow now. Everybody, congratulations! Because I, by the way, I said this pick for everybody. Tell them the odds, Gelati. It was plus five thousand. Oh. That is the sickest long shot I'm ever gonna hit in my life, ever. <laughs> Most likely. I was, I did all my partying last night, so we're, we're good. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, again, by the way, I, I didn't encourage people to do the 4-0, but I did encourage people to bet Columbus at plus 360 to win the series, because hockey, nobody is 80% favored in hockey ever, unless you're Wayne Gretzky's Oilers against the worst team of all time. Hockey is a different sport. Don't be afraid to bet heavy, 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 heavy underdogs in hockey. Just, it's not, it, it, it there have been so many of these in the past couple of years, like the past, like, decade. It was easy. Easy money. As a matter of fact, let's go Columbus all the way to the cup. Let's go. Ooh, whoa. Let's wow. go Blue Jackets. Not, I have money on that too, by the way. With all the wins that you've gotten so far, just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. No, well, no, because I put that in before the playoffs started. I put them to win this. I put them to win this series. I've had the money line each game in this series. I've had the under in game three. I've hit on everything to do with them so far. I bet them to win the East at plus. 1800 and I bet them to win the cup at plus 3300. So Gelati's a hockey analyst now. Apparently. Apparently I'm the hockey really expert. Be, I was hoping to be a golf analyst this week. <laughs> I was hoping I was going to show up on this show because Asians were going to come one through six. Dude, the books <laughs> got destroyed on Tiger. They got utterly destroyed. Like, that was... Oh, man. Uh, you guys got anything okay. else? Or is, is that... that's good? I think that's going to be it for us this week. Uh... Bet your underdogs in EU Masters. I guess, right? I think. Well, if you're gonna bet underdogs in EU, do Masters, it now. Tomorrow, tomorrow's the best time to do it because tomorrow's oh, when most God. of the favorites don't need to win anymore, and yeah. so tomorrow's the best time to bet. But sheet right now. I may double down on my on my underdogs tomorrow. We'll see. All right, uh, Calvin should be back with us. All right, so oh, just real quick, um, I wanted to do. Uh, so next week we're probably not going to have a cast the normal time. I think we're looking to do one. So there's nothing really going on next week. 
So, and MSI starts up on May 1st, which is a Wednesday. So, we're probably going to do a cast sometime over the next weekend. So, you won't have a cast for Thursday or Friday next week. It'll probably be more likely coming out on Monday or Tuesday. We're going to record Sunday night. So, uh, don't be alarmed or anything. We're just going to take a couple days off. All of us are going to reset. We could use it. It's been a crazy season. Uh, and then we'll dive back in for MSI and probably do some off-season takes in that show as well. So... 100%. I got to talk about some moves people need to make. Yeah, I'm with that. Int NA. <laughs> KT Rolster Inf, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to be it for us tonight. We'll see you guys in like a week and a half-ish, something like that. Uh, we'll try to keep you guys updated on Twitter. Everybody have a great night and good luck this weekend. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.